Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. It's week nine. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. And, and Brian, we got a really good slate of games in, in week nine. I'd call this Separation Friday in district. A lot of key district battles going on. We'll just hop right into it. Yeah, uh, I like the way that you uh, kind of worded that and it being a separation week. Um, we do have a lot of big games coming up, and uh, I think one of the bigger ones is going to be in maybe District 4 5A. I think so. I think it's uh, Coronado and uh, Lubbock Cooper. Coronado is visiting Lubbock Cooper, and, and it's a battle of uh, a 7-0 and and 2-0 and team versus a 5-2, and 1-1. Obviously, Lubbock Cooper had a tough time last week at Abilene Cooper, but I think they match up pretty well against Coronado. I th- I think so too, and also uh, having seen Abilene Coopers and having to face their offense may have you know prepared them even more so for the Mustangs. That was that was going to be my point. Of course, they're running up against a, a very tough uh, Mustangs offense. Um, you know, just stepping back for a minute, Lubbock Cooper. We recognize them most for the, for their defensive performances this season. They've done a they did a pretty good job up until last week of, of holding uh, opponents to to low numbers on the scoreboard. Um, that changed last week, but. Uh, that might have been an anomaly. It might not have been. We're going we're gonna to find out a lot about that this week. But they are playing a very potent Corrado offense this week led by Quay Gray. I believe so. Uh, you know, we, we bring it up all the time, those four teams in that district that really stand out in Monterey Cooper, Abilene Cooper, and Coronado. I feel like in any matchup between these four teams, it could go either ways. And it's all about how they perform that night and, you know, who's able to get ahead. It seems – well, actually, with Coronado against Monterey, they, they trailed after the first quarter and were able to come back. Uh, they're, I think they're a little bit more of a dangerous team because uh, at times it's offense is leading it and at times it's defense is leading it. So if they fire off on the same cylinder, you're facing one of the better teams, maybe even in this area. Absolutely. Um, in, in a lot of talent. I mean, at, at certain positions, I feel like uh, Lovett Cooper has perhaps the best players in the district, like at safety. Jake Kirkpatrick is, is someone who I think is going to get some late Division One looks. Um, I know that there are, there's a, there are a couple of Big 12 schools that are interested in having him walk on, and with a, with, if he continues to have a big season and continues to get good film, uh, he might get one of those schools that previously wanted him to walk on to, to bite when someone falls out of their recruiting class. Uh, I really like Elijah Boyd at running back. Uh, big, durable, uh, had, had a good week two weeks ago. I think he ran for about 134 yards. I think that anything between 75 in the 125 range is, is really good, and obviously more than that is, is, is excellent. And, and and Boyd hits those numbers pretty well. They've got Zykeith Campbell, and I really like their quarterback. Now that they've got that si- uh, situated out with, with Brandon Mell, I believe this is going to be his fourth, third or fourth start without having to rotate. And I think he's got really good mechanics, and I, I think he's a really good uh, bus driver for that offense. He is, and the way uh, Cooper kind of utilized their quarterback last year and how they're utilizing him again this year, uh, it's starting to look very similar, similar in that, you know, he's not putting up gaudy numbers, but he's still leading the offense down the field and able to come up with some good things. Um, Zykeith Campbell, um, I'm very impressed with his play. Every time I watch him, he's – I think he's a next-level wide receiver. Um, might be a little bit undersized, but he goes out there and he plays really big. Uh he might. I could see him potentially having a big night against Coronado. Um, Jake Kirkpatrick is going to be worked out. I think he's going to. He'll be a difference maker in this game if he can get going. But uh, Coronado is not. They don't stray away from what they've 
been good at offensively, even though they they're running the ball quite a bit too. Absolutely, but, um, taking that deep shot. You know, Coronado's not afraid to do it, and with a you know a defensive back like Jake Kirkpatrick, that might not be the game strategy coming into this one. Right, and and I you're you're right. I think there you see these three families of plays that Coronado runs over and over again. One is the draw, two is the underneath and screen pass. And then they rely on the speed of Caleb Manuel and a couple of the, the slot guys to, to break over the roof of the defense just on their feet and then the over-the-top stuff. Um, with Kirkpatrick, you know, it becomes a little more complicated to, to go over the top. Of course, that's only one side of the field. Um, but I think, I think this is a big game for uh, Lubbock Cooper's defensive front, which has proven it's, uh, it's a capable front in the past, going up against Coronado's offensive line, and then just a really smart offense, you know, well-put-together offense. Yeah, I like – I do think that they have an um, a, a effective defensive line and uh, the fact that they're able to switch people out. And uh, when I see Cooper, I see that rotation quite a bit, and they're really successful with it. And whenever you're able to, you know, rest up for a couple plays, you know that your kids are playing 100% the entire game. That's another thing that impressed me about Cooper. Every time I saw them, it, they didn't seem to get tired. It was kind of like what we brought up with Lubbock High is they're well-conditioned and disciplined. But then again, on the other end of the ball, Coronado has a pretty good defense as well. So what would, what would the keys to uh, a Cooper victory be in this one, do you think? I, I think, one, they need a fast start. and They've got to get yes. a couple of possessions out um, and, 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 and then rely on their defense after that. But is, is there anything else that they could do to, to swing the table and, and really throw a wrench into this district race as, as Coronado is the only unbeaten 4-5-A team remaining? I think, uh, and this might fall into the defensive category, but getting Coronado out of a rhythm offensively because whenever you see them go march down the field and get a touchdown, all of a sudden they fall into a groove. They get another one. Against Monterey, they just kept coming. The more and more they were scoring, uh, you could see it kind of in between time periods and everything. Uh, they were scoring faster as the game wore on. So there was a little bit of a groove that they hit that helped them hold off the plainsmen. So I think if you can work them out of that groove and, uh, like you said, defensively hold them, uh, you have a chance to beat them. But, again, I saw a pretty complete Coronado team last week, or at least after the first quarter. <laughs> Big Cooper game. Uh, they are one of five teams in this district with um, with one on one records, and uh, you know, just looking at it on paper, you'd think, uh, you know, that well, if they're playing an undefeated team, uh, the undefeated team will probably win, and, and Cooper will fall into a one and two hole. That's not where you want to be at this point of the season, because I think only two teams could could fall into that hole this this week. Yeah, we'll see how uh, that district kind of pans out, and. Like we were saying earlier, and you kind of brought it up again, is you can't sleep on any team any week. Um, between those four, it's just it, it, you have to bring your best game. Otherwise, you might be upset with uh, the results at the end of the night. And now just briefly, you know, you've got another one of those one-on-one -on -one teams, Lubbock High, going up against Abilene Cooper on, on Thursday. Any, any quick thoughts on that one before we move on? Um, you know, I think we talked about it at one of the luncheons and that Lubbock High's kind of find itself, found itself offensively with um, Isaiah Johnson. And I think even Kwame Wilborn had a really good week last week, and he was able to do a lot of good things. But I think it's good for Lubbock High coming into this one, just having that confidence and knowing where your identity is. 
Now here's a game that looks like it's the de facto district championship. Uh, and you know, obviously it was a really big playoff game last year for the, the region one title uh, between two district teams. It's district two, 4A, uh, division two, and it's Seminole visiting Sweetwater. Sweetwater uh, from the regional championship game, uh, upset Gilmer in the state semifinals and then rolled into uh, the state championship game against Westhorn Stark. It gave Westhorn Stark a really good game before falling and, and retained some of its uh, more important pieces from that team. I think this game is going to be huge for the Indians in terms of how your postseason is going to go because right now you're already kind of looking at the playoffs. Um, obviously, you don't let up on any week or look too far down the road, but depending on how they play this Sweetwater team, I think can kind of foreshadow how they're going to perform when it comes to the playoffs in terms of how deep they can go because uh, this is a salty Sweetwater team. Absolutely. Uh, Chris Davis. Uh way beyond 2,000 yards already. And we're, I mean, they're just seven games into this thing. So you're looking at, if they went to the state championship game again, probably uh, about a 5,000 yard passer. Uh, Kobe Clark has more than 1,000 receiving yards. Uh, and I think that simplifies your game plan a little bit. Um, you, you know that there are, this quarterback is thrown for 2,000 yards and 1,000 of them, 1,000 of them go to one receiver. So it kind of makes your life easier. And uh, with uh, Kate Barnard, uh, out in an outside linebacker position, you know, you think he, he'll probably get dragged over and, and uh, compete with uh, Kobe Clark along with a cornerback and then probably have a safety over the top. Yeah, that's a good point in that, you know, I, I, whenever you look at the yardage, you initially just see, you know, that 2,228 yards that Thompson has, and then it all go, or half of it going to one wide receiver does simplify things. But if whenever you're going up against a team that's hit a groove like Seminole, I think in preparation for them, the Mustangs are going to kind of do that, look over here, and then <laughs> uh, maybe use him as you know just a diversion and have another player really show up. That's a dangerous yeah, thing. You're in exactly right. I mean, I remember being in East Texas last year with, with Gilmer for this game, and um, Sweetwater lines up. They, they put the receivers on the on the hash marks, you know, like they're literally mm -hmm. almost on the sideline. They, they did everything they did, everything they could do to, to create space for themselves and, and open up plays. And, and really what that did was it stretched out the defense, and then Chris Davis is a capable runner. I think he's probably – I think I remember seeing that he's between 400 and 500 rushing yards, and he can just uh, kind of take off the middle, and, and the defense is spread so thin. So you've really got to pick your poison. But I think that the most important poison you don't choose – is uh is definitely Kobe Clark. Yeah. And uh Thompson right now uh he hasn't had to run the ball very much because they have a running back that's at the 558 or 589 mark rather and this seems to be a run first base team so those numbers are pretty good. Uh Daniel Avila and then uh he's also oh no, I believe it's um Andrew Melendez, he has a 500 yards in the air too. So there's two other threats for you that you got to account for. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Seminole is getting ready for one of their tougher games of the year right now. Uh, last year, they ended up losing to Monahans and Sweetwater in district. And then in the playoffs, they beat Monahans before losing to Sweetwater again. So these opponents in the last two years are going to see each other three times. Yeah, that's, that's right. I, that was what I was going to say next. I mean, this is the third meeting between these two teams in about a 14-month span. You figure that Seminole is going to have to win one of these. You would hope so in this district. You know, I'd, I'd like to get out to this game myself, but 
unfortunately, distance becomes an issue. Yeah, we, we fought hard to, to cover this game ourselves. <laughs> we have a really capable guy going down there to, to cover it, so not worried uh, about coverage of that game at all. It should be pretty good in the Saturday morning Lubbock Avalanche Journal and online on loanofstarvarsity.com. Now, your game, you've got a really good one. It's, it's Hale Center at New Deal, and, and Hale Center was one of four teams to hop into District 2-2A, uh, Division One play undefeated. Uh, they've since lost two games, and New Deal has remained unbeaten. And an 0-3 hole is not a spot you want to be in that you have to get a play out of uh, through the final two weeks of the regular season following this week. Yeah, that's that's difficult to always do, uh, kind of combat that. But Hill Center uh, was a team, like you said, we were impressed with coming into the year. They had some players that returned, Brandon Castillo, and uh, did a really good job. But now they fall into this hole, and uh, they they definitely need this win, but it's going to be difficult against a Lions team that, like you mentioned, is undefeated. Yeah, uh, and, and New Deal is a team with a lot of weapons. Um, Jet Whitfield at quarterback, he, he does a lot and plays linebacker for them too. Um, you've got Nehemiah Martinez at running back. He's established himself as, as one of the best offensive players in this district. I got to see a new guy uh, last week or uh, in, the, in the most recent uh, Lone Star Varsity Coaches show. Matt Hill from New Deal was our, our guest, the head coach of the Lions, um, and, and got to see D.K. Clark, uh, probably a 6'4", 200-pound cornerback and receiver they just have a lot of weapons they always seem every year to you know have have a kid step up in positions and then all of a sudden like they have playmate or they not all of a sudden because these kids have been in the program for a while but they have these weapons and they're it, it's just impressive i think that they have these kids stepping up in these positions um uh jet whitfield He's a name last year that kind of stood out, but this year even more so. Uh, Namaya Martinez recently has found his way into the box score quite a bit. And uh, I, I like we said, it's just going to be a tough game for the Owls. Um, but if they're able to somehow pull it off, this could swing their district. I mean, this could, you know, prove to be huge for them moving forward. Absolutely. And, and every district has a game like that. And I think you're exactly right because then, you know, let's say Hill Center moves on and, and beats Abernathy at some point, right? Like, and then you've got you've got one lost teams and, and two lost teams, you know, say New Deal slips up again, whatever, or, or Abernathy. It, it, it just gets crazy. And I think that yeah. I think that Hale Center is that kind of that chaos team. I think it's the most talented uh, 0-2 team I've ever seen as far as district. This is a good football team. And you kind of identified uh, the Owls in this preseason as a team to watch. Why don't you just remind people about what they have and, and um, the, where they're going to challenge New Deal in this game? Uh, what I saw from Hale Center, and this, this was kind of a couple of years in the making because uh, you don't see a lot of what they do offensively at the 2A level. And that's what I was impressed with. And then Going to next year, uh, I covered, I believe, two games, them in district, both wins. Uh, they managed to, I would say, upset Floyd Ada. And uh, they played a really close game with Abernathy. And I've just been impressed with the play of Brandon Castillo and uh, Jet Cannon and his brother. I can't remember his brother's name right now, but athletes all over the place and the offense that they run it's very spread like kind of what sundown has uh veered off to or not veered off to but have taken on uh according to you know sources they were very run based they'd run every play of the game now sundown kind of throws it around and makes you you know play up play up against athletes one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one situations and that's what health center was doing and i was just 
I was impressed with it. And then uh, they always seem to have another running back step up. And I, I just think Adam Cummings does a pretty good job. But then again, every coach in that district does a good job of getting their teams ready. You know, Matt Hill, like you had mentioned, Daryl Daly. Um, I think Steve Smith's an amazing coach. Todd Bandy, Adam Cummings, all of them, you know. Uh, I think it's a tough district overall. And then a final Friday game that, that we think is going to be um, kind of a, a maybe a firework show is um, – Estacado visiting Pampa. Estacado is 8-0 and 1-0 in, in District 1-4A, uh, Division 1. Pampa is 5-2 and 1-0, and man, do they have some weapons. Um, I like Sweetwater, just kind of a, a quarterback-receiver tandem. You've got uh, Brandon Stewart, who's thrown for more than 2,000 yards, and then Daryl Fields, who's right at about 800 yards receiving on a, on a higher level of football. Um, and I... You've seen Estacado's defensive backfield the past couple of weeks really turn it on, uh, and they're definitely going to be tested in this one. I think so, too. Um, Brandon Stewart, he's a returner from last year that, you know, saw Estacado. And uh, I, I thought, you know, for a while there that it was going to be – or last year, I thought it was going to come down to, you know, Pampa and Leveland for the district title. But uh, he's an impressive athlete. And player overall and with their record and everything that they've had to face along the way they're going to be salty they're going to be a team to beat but I think Estacado's backfield can get the job done when it comes to it at the end of the night they've really turned it on like you mentioned in the last couple of weeks and have just been impressive yeah I think I think three interceptions the the past two games and in, in a, in a, far more than that in, in the past breakup department um, but I think I think that the the best way Estacado can can work around this Pampa team is with their uh, two running backs, Jeremiah Dobbins and uh, Kamadrick Williams. Both guys are averaging, you know, probably 125, 150 yards per game, and that's just an average because they they've been hitting above that uh, uh, recently. These past, I've seen them three consecutive weeks in a row, and I think the only time that they didn't hit 150 was uh, Jeremiah Dobbins hitting 79 last week, whereas. Williams went from 190. Any the, after after explaining all that, the the point is that they can kind of hang on to the ball and extend drives and not give Pampa a billion opportunities to to throw over the top and, and beat the defense. You know, 33 uh, percent of the time or whatever the number is that they're looking for. Yeah, definitely having two running backs at that level at the level that they're playing at right now, I think is uh, kind of rare. And uh, these two backs. Uh, I wouldn't say they have the same run style, but at the end of the day, they, you know, they're coming up with the same amount of yardage, and uh, it's, it's fun to watch them to uh, go at it. it. It seems like the other is always eager to get back on the field every time you watch them, but uh, they, they will be a difference maker in this game. Um, you definitely don't want to give the ball to Pampa, who you want to hold on to it as much as you can. Uh, but then again, at the same time, I've seen them beat teams. I've seen Estacado beat teams uh, – by outscoring them, uh, instead of playing a slow, slow down game, they make you play to their speed. And when that happens, you really see their athletes start to explode. And then next thing you know, you're in a hole because Estacado just scored three touchdowns. I said Estacado was eight and zero, and that's because it felt like, or it feels like they're they're eight zero. They're actually seven and one. They're on a seven game winning streak, is is what I meant to say. And um, these two teams share a common uh, opponent loss. It's it's Herford. Um, Herford got Estacado in, in week one, and then Pampa, Pampa a couple of weeks later, uh, 59 to 12. And, you know, I, I, I guess that's just another interesting thing about how, how close these two teams are. Uh, because, you know, I, I, 
Estacado's loss was, was much closer. And I don't know if you can put stock in that or not, but it is um, kind of interesting that they both have uh, a loss to the same team. Do you think it's fair to say that if we were to go back to week one, just take a little time machine, and uh, Estacado, the way it's playing right now, faces that same Hereford team, who do you think comes out on top? Because I think uh, Estacado is playing some of its best ball right now. You're right. Hereford went off on a, on a little bit of a run that I don't think we saw coming. I don't think that the Amarillo area really saw coming either. And they, I think they started off the year 5-0, and uh, which is where they got Pampa in, in, in that stretch. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think that Estacado feels really good about stuff, and, and winning tends to help build your confidence up. Like I, I think that about Texas Tech a lot too. You know that this is a team that beat Eastern Washington. Everyone was kind of scared about uh, how they'd perform in that game, and then they went on and they beat Arizona State. So now they're feeling really good, and then they go play a Houston team that has been awesome the, the past two years and, and beat them, and now they feel really good going into Oklahoma State and lose you know, by a, by a touchdown. And, and now things have kind of tapered off. Uh, that West Virginia loss was kind of crushing. And I think that they, they've forgotten how good they can be. And winning tends to take care of those things. So that was a really windy explanation of, of Estacado. But when you keep winning, you feel really good about yourself. There's a lot of confidence. And I think that counts a lot in high school football especially. I think so. I think both teams are going to be very uh... – positive and very energetic coming into this one because they both have very impressive records up to this point but they both have, have they're not familiar with the lose column <laughs> and they don't want to be become familiar with that so uh i think whenever you get on these runs these uh win streaks that's when you start playing your best ball because you're starting to feel invincible uh at least you know um from my experience playing a little bit of ball uh, when you're winning and you're, it's carrying over week after week after week, you're starting to feel like you're going to go to the state championship. You know, it's it's always a far-fetched notion, but that kind of mentality can push the team over into playing at another level, and I think that's where Estacado might be. I think so, and I think it's just good. It, when, when you're winning, you feel good about yourself and you have repetitive weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, you you you're doing the same thing you did last week and that worked out and you feel like it's going to work out now that you have to execute on game night but I think a good week of preparation without being afraid of your opponent is probably um, one of the best uh, factors in, into into getting to Friday night and, and, and playing a good football game yeah and I don't think Estacado is afraid of anybody right now I can see that Estacado taking on uh, any team in this area and giving them a good game uh, I, I expect them to do big things you know past district um, we'll see how everything kind of pans out, but this is this is a good one. This is a good one to get out to. Well, we really appreciate you guys uh, coming in to listen to us today. Uh, I feel like we've got a really good week of football coming up. We'll be back with a, a Facebook Live show on uh, Wednesday evening, and if you're listening to this afterward, it'll be available on the page in a replay format. Uh, thank you very much for listening in. The show is brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media.